This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G-Wiz, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages to enjoy with Cheese Wiz. Welcome back to Mutual Presents, and it's time to laugh! I'm Jack Ward, my co-host Penny the Cat, and today we're looking back at our favorite bottle blonde adventurer, Miss Maisie. This week we have the double feature of Maisie and The Professor and Hazel Laverne, all here from the Mutual Broadcasting Network archives. So wind back those clocks and enjoy the show. Hiya, babe. Say, how about a Ouch. Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, your announcer. From Brooklyn. High dramatic Maisie, you might call me. Ever since I can remember, I've been shifting for myself. Originally, I'm from show business, but the last vehicle I was in closed after five performances. So I had to do something to live, and as luck would have it, I came across an ad in the paper that said, Secretary wanted to assist author, little knowledge of typing and shorthand required. So I applied for the job. After all, I couldn't think of anybody who had a littler knowledge of typing and shorthand than me. Anyway, the professor agreed to try me out, and gosh, I'm so nervous. Today's my first day on the job, and I just gotta make good. Miss Revere? Miss Revere? Come, come, we have some dictating to do. Well, just a minute, Mr. I mean, Doctor, I mean, uh, Professor Elliot. I'm in the kitchen here washing your dishes. Well, you've been in there an hour, Miss Revere. Aren't you finished washing those dishes yet? No, but I'm up to last Thursday's breakfast, I think. Uh, never mind that for now, Miss Revere. We have a chapter on atrophication due to atomic radiation to dictate this morning. Do come out of the kitchen, please. Uh, but, but, Professor... I, I insist. Drop what you're doing at once. Okay. <laughs> Miss Revere, what was that? 
I dropped what I was doing. Oh, well, you needn't have taken me so literally. Now, you ready to take some dictation? Yes, as soon Good. as I... Uh... Atrification due to atomic radiation. <clears throat> Recent tests at Kwajalein and other Pacific Islands have proved that humans and animals exposed to atomic bombings on microscopic examination have displayed unmistakable evidence of atrophy of the... Um, uh, um... Any question, Mr. Revere? Well, just one, Professor. Yes, yes, what is it? Do you have a pencil? Uh, you have a pencil? Well, it makes taking dictation much simpler, you know. Yes, so the rumor goes. Yes. yes. Secretaries oft-times bring pencils with them, Miss Revere. I know, but gosh, I was so excited about this job, and when you're excited, you, you can't remember everything, you know. How true. Well, here's a pencil, Miss Revere. Thank you. You ready now? Shoot. Don't tempt me. Now take this down. Atrification due to atomic radiation. Recent tests at Kwajalein and other Pacific Islands have proved that humans and animals exposed to atomic bombings on microscopic examination have displayed unmistakable evidence of atrophy of the limbs. Got that, Miss Revere? Well, all except one thing, Professor. Oh, what's that? What came after atrification? Uh, due to... Uh, is that all you got, Miss Revere? Just the first word... Well, it was a big one, and by the time I got through writing it Mr. Revere, I... you're supposed to be a secretary. Can't you write shorthand? Well, of course. Good. Now, let's start from the beginning. Shorthand takes me longer. It does, eh? Uh. Well, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. How true. Uh, take this down in longhand. I'll want two copies. Oh, yes, Professor. And the typewriter's over there. Mm-hmm. Now, let us continue. Atrophication. Due to... Atomic radiation. Have you got that, Miss Revere? Yes. Atrophication due to atomic radiation. Now, wait, wait, I'll get another sheet of paper. Atrophication Revere, due to. Miss Revere, exactly what are you writing on the second sheet? Well, the same thing as on the first. You said you wanted two copies. Typewritten copies, Miss Revere. Typewritten. Oh. Now, wait a moment. You can type, can't you? Um, I think I'll go in and clean up those broken dishes now. They might bring ants, don't you think? Miss Revere, without a knowledge of shorthand and typing, how did you expect to hold a position as a secretary? Well, you're going to hate me when I tell you this, Professor. Probably. But I didn't think there was any hurry about getting down what you dictate. According to the mail on your desk, the publishers don't seem to be in a hurry to publish your books. They're fools, Miss Revere. Blind, unseeing fools. All they're interested in is cheap trash to feed love-starved souls. Well, there are an awful lot of love-starved souls, Professor. That trash you're talking about brings a little sunshine into their lives. I'm trying to bring light into their lives, too, Miss Revere. Make them see that unless civilization takes time out to examine the direction it's taking, there might soon not be a civilization to examine. Oh, sometimes I think maybe I'm insane trying to aid humanity. Sometimes I think it isn't worth saving. Oh, but it is, Professor, and... You mean you're trying to make this world a better place to live in? Miss Revere, you were never a soldier, were you? No. I don't think I could pass the physical. Miss Revere, please, I'm serious. I was in the war. The war to end wars. The greatest war in the history of mankind. A very expensive war. Five hundred billion dollars it cost. Gosh, that much. Yes. That's an awful lot of money, Professor. We complain about the high cost of living instead of the high cost of dying. It doesn't make much sense, does it? No. No, it doesn't. You mean, if we took that $500 billion and spent it on people instead of guns... There'd be no reason for wars, nothing to fight about. Gee, that's wonderful. Well, 
I hope the publisher I sent the first few chapters to thinks so, Maisie. Oh, come in. Good morning, Professor. I got some mail here for you. Oh, thank you, Harry. Okay. Uh, Miss Revere, this is Harry, the elevator boy. Harry, Miss Revere. Hello, Harry. Uh, I thank you. Uh, that big envelope is from a publisher, Professor. Good news, I hope, at last. Hmm. Not good, huh? He's returning my manuscript. Oh, gosh, Professor, that's too bad. I had hoped that this one would sell. Manager's been getting mighty anxious about the rent, you know. Well, tell him he'll get his money as soon as the professor's book is sold. What's it called, Professor? Maisie, I'm calling it off. You are? <laughs> See, that's sort of a short title for a book. Don't you think so, Harry? Oh, yeah, and it's easy to remember, too. Off by Professor Hillary Elliott. I mean, I'm not going ahead with a book. I'm through with writing. Finished. Over. Oh, but you can't do that, Professor. Oh, Professor, you can't just chuck it now. Oh, but I am. I'm going to make money, you hear me? Lots of it. And live in a decent place, not like this upholstered dust bowl. But, Professor, success ain't measured by how much you got. It's what you got to give. Well put, Miss Revere. Well put. I thought so. Yeah, but unfortunately, success nowadays is gauged in terms of intrinsic values. Yeah, the professor is right. I think. I mean in terms of worldly goods. Ha! What's so funny? I was just remembering that tomorrow is the anniversary of my entrance into the wide world. Ten years ago, I graduated from college. And my classmates chose me as the man most likely to succeed. Well. Yes. <laughs> Harry, tell the manager I'll pay him somehow. I'm leaving tonight. Tonight? Tonight? Well, what's the hurry? Can't you start starving to death next year? No, I go tonight. Because tomorrow night I'm invited to an alumni dinner. Oh, you don't like alumni. They don't taste good, maybe, huh? Oh, they're delicious. But at that dinner, one person will be named top man of his class. That means the one who has accomplished the most since graduation. Oh, and you're, you're sad because you think it might not be you, huh? Because I know it won't be me, and I can't blame them. Well, bye now. I'll be back for my thing. Well, now, look, Doc, don't go now. Let's kick this thing around a little longer, say, for a couple of years. Yeah, sure, Doc. What's your hurry? Because I'm expecting a fellow graduate to pop in on me today to inquire about my financial assets. I want to save myself the embarrassment of emptying out my pockets and showing it. Uh-oh. Oh, oh gosh, Miss Revere. You, the professor scrammed in such a hurry, he ripped his coat on the doorknob. He's going to look even less successful now. Harry, I've got an idea. The professor is discouraged about his work because he ain't had no recognition, right? Right. And he's disgusted with himself because one of them alumnuses of his graduating class is going to find it out when he gets her. Well, that's where you're wrong, chum. You mean you got a plan to keep the doc from running away, Maisie? Mm-hmm. That I have, Harry. When that man comes from the professor's college class to check on his financial position... Yeah? Doc Elliott's going to be the most successful guy he ever heard about. You mean... You're going to make him think the professor is rich? Rich? Harry, when that guy gets a load of the professor's muscles, he's going to think he got him from carrying his money to the bank. Uh, here you are, sir. Fourth floor. Thank you, son. What's the number of Professor Elliot's apartment, please? Uh, 401, right across the hall, sir. Say, uh, pardon me, you you must be the one Maisie's expecting. Maisie? Yes, sir, Maisie Revere, the professor's secretary. She said to show you right into the joint when you arrived. Uh, this way, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, son, I don't yes. know who this Maisie person is expecting, but I am from the Treasury Department. Huh? And I'm here to check on Professor Elliot's last tax report. Oh, you, 
You're not from the college? I mean that aluminum stuff? No, just that gold and silver stuff. Gold? Gosh, you mean the professor owes the government money? No, no. As a matter of fact, his report showed so little income, he has a refund coming to him, I believe. I'm just here to check further. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, hello, Harry, sir. I- I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, but I was busy fixing up my stockings. <laughs> Cheap pair, you know. Every time I walk, they run. <laughs> um... This is the fellow, Harry. Uh, I'd like to talk to you, Maisie. I'll talk first, son. Bit of a hurry, you know. Miss Revere, my name is Hinchley. I'm here to ask a few questions about Professor Elliot's income. Oh, I'm glad. Come in, Mr. Hinchley. I've got plenty to tell you. Thank you. But, Maisie, this man is here about money. He wants... The professor to contribute something for charity. But I'm sorry, Mr. Hinchley. I don't think the professor can. Oh, boy, that was close. Well, you see, Mr. Hinchley, the professor has to stop sometime. Last year, he gave a million dollars to charity. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Professor Elliot gave a a million dollars to charity? Maisie, you're making a mistake. Oh, yes, how silly of me. He didn't give a million at all. No. No, it was two million. Oh, 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 oh. Harry, Mr. Hinsley knows how many O's in two million. Miss Revere, what you tell me is rather difficult to believe. Yeah, ain't it? I mean, uh, don't judge Professor Elliot's wealth by this scrubby apartment. All billionaires are eccentric, you know. Billionaires? Why I said what you tell me is hard to believe, Miss Revere, is because we understood Professor Elliot's income for last year to have been only $2,000. Oh, it was? Yeah. $2,000 a day. Oh, fine. You see... He doesn't pay taxes to the government. He just calls them up every year and asks them how much they need. Amazing. The professor ain't gonna like this. I know, but he's very modest about being filthy rich. But I think people should know how successful he is. Don't you, Mr. Hinchley? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Miss Revere, there's one other person I'd like you to tell about Elliot's fabulous income. My superior. Oh, you mean the head of the investigating committee? Yes, you might call him that. And Mr. Jones, uh-huh. he'll be around to check further on uh, Diamond Jim's enormous wealth. Now, goodbye now, and thank you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Hinchley. And I hope you'll recommend that the professor gets everything he deserves. I think you can count on that, Miss Revere. Uh-huh. Well, good day. Harry, mm. what did he mean by that last remark? That's sort of obvious, ain't it? Oh, you sure fixed the professor up good. You mean you think they'll choose him? From now on, he'll be a somebody, a name? No, a number. Harry, I don't get it. Maisie, I've been standing here trying to tell you all along that Henchley ain't from the College Aluminum Committee. He's from the Income Tax Department. Income Tax? Sure. Oh, my gosh. And he believes all those lies about the professor's income. Yeah, he was here to refund dough on last year's tax. Now they'll probably send him to jail for defrauding the government with a false tax return. Oh, Harry, I got the prof into this mess, and I'm going to get him out of it. How? Well, there's only one way to do it. One way? What's that? You got any ideas? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment.
Maisie. Well, let us come to order now, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. Fellow alumni, I'm pleased to announce the results of the votes to choose the most successful member of our good old class. Here, here. By unanimous agreement, the committee has decided upon Professor Hillary Elliott. Oh. Chairman Jensen, I should like to congratulate the committee on our choice. Of course, others of our esteemed class have been more successful financially in the ten years since graduation than our confrere, Dr. Elliott. But after all, there must be something more important than money. Like what, Mr. Cabot? <laughs> That's a very good question. In the many years since I've known I'll Professor answer that Elliot, question, Mr. Cabot. Humanity is more important than money, brother graduate. Hear, hear. And Dr. Elliot deserves the honor of being selected the most successful graduate of our class because of the many great works he has written to make this world a better place in which to live. Uh, Mr. Cabot. Yes, Mr. Chairman? I now appoint you as a committee of one to call upon Professor Elliot and uh, we'll check on his uh, financial status. Uh, financial status? Mm-hmm. But I thought money wasn't important. Uh, true. But before we bestow this great honor on Dr. Elliot, we must ascertain whether he is, uh, well, that is, uh, that he isn't, uh, uh... Make sure that he ain't no bum. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. We must make sure that the good doctor has some source of revenue. Very well, Chairman Jensen. I'll check on Elliot and report back to the committee later in the day. Here, here. I don't know about your plan, Maisie. Uh, are you sure you know what you're doing? But you know me, Harry. Answer the question. Okay, I'm sure. Good. Now, look. That man from the tax department said his superior was coming back for further details. And we've got to make sure he gets the impression that I made a mistake and that the dock is broke. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is superior now. Now, Harry, remember, we've got to make him believe that the professor hasn't got a pot. To... Yes. Well, never mind. Come in. Good afternoon. I'm looking for Professor Elliot. What for, Bob? Uh, well, I was sent here to check on his financial condition. Ah. That bum owe you dough, too? Uh, bum? I was under the impression that Professor Elliot was doing fairly well financially. Fairly well? <laughs> you hear that, Harry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that guy ain't got a dime. Nah, when he goes to the park, they change the signs from do not walk on the grass to do not eat the grass. But, but, but this office of his... Oh, it's all going back to the finance company. They sent me here to take back the stuff, bub. Sure, he hasn't made a payment on it for eight months. Oh, that's hard to believe. How about six months, then? Uh, I mean, uh, I was led to believe Look, the poor professor can't make both ends meet. He can't even make one end meet. Uh, no, I thought... poor Professor Elliot spends all his time in the park by the lake. Oh, but and I'm watching sure... the kids throw stale bread to the ducks. Yeah, it's a good thing he can outswim the ducks or else he'd starve. Oh, I've heard enough. Thank goodness. Poor chap. This certainly changes everything as far as Professor Elliot is concerned. Good day. I have to make my report. Uh, au revoir, mademoiselle. Uh-huh. The same to you, senor. Oh, I'm terribly... Pardon Sorry. me, sir. I didn't see you coming. I... Oh. Sam Cabot, of all people. Oh, hello, Elliot. I'm glad I ran into you, Sam. 
Say, how about a cup of coffee? Oh, sure, sure, Elliot. For a fellow classmate, anything. Here's a dime. What is this? Oh, you needn't be so proud with me, Elliot. I know. Know what? About how broke and hungry you are. Too bad, too. Now I'm afraid your election as most successful man of our class is out. You mean you were going to choose me? Yes, yes, on your literary achievements. But when that girl in your office told me that you were, uh, well, uh, a pauper, well, you know how it is. No, but I'm going to find out. Oh, hello, Professor. I... What's the matter? You look like you just lost your best friend. No, Miss Revere, but you're close. I only lost the honor of being elected the most successful man of my class. Miss Revere, why did you do it? Do what? My dear young lady, I wasn't born yesterday. Well, of course not. You couldn't have grown so much in one day. Why did you tell that man that I was a pauper? Ah, oh, you mean the investigator? Yes, for the Alumni Award Committee. Alumni Award Committee? Oh, gosh. I thought he was from... From where? I refuse to answer that until I talk to my lawyer. Miss Revere, I'm expecting an answer. What is this all about? Um, I'm afraid to tell you, Professor. But I will when you're alone. I'm alone now. No, you're not. I'm with you. Have you got everything said, Harry? Yeah, I sure have, Maisie. All right. I fixed up a dozen telegrams congratulating Professor Elliot on the great books on peace that he wrote. Okay. I got them from Yale, mm-hmm. Harvard, mm-hmm. Princeton, mm-hmm. William and Mary. William and Mary who? That's a college, Maisie. Oh, yes, of course. I wanted to make sure that you knew. Uh, Maisie, I still don't understand how you persuaded that Mr. Jensen to come here. Oh, it was easy. I just got down on my knees and begged him. Oh, you're wonderful, Maisie. He wouldn't come when I tried that. Well, naturally. You don't have my knees. I... Come in. Oh, good evening, Miss Revere. I am here as you wished. Oh, do come in, Mr. Jensen. Miss Revere, you had some proof to show me of Professor Elliot's importance in the sciences. Oh, yes, Mr. Chairman. Here, take a chair. Mm-hmm, thank and you. And read these telegrams. Hmm. Hmm. Very impressive. Well, naturally. They were written by great brains. Gee, thanks. Shh, Harry. Uh, this one here, Mr. Jensen, was sent to the professor by the principal of Harvard, congratulating him on his work in splitting the atom. Dr. Elliot split the atom? Well, not exactly. He just cracked it a little. Yeah, and after that, even a kid could split it. With a toy hammer, I imagine. Well, I'm back. I've got my ticket and everything. Uh... Jensen, what are you doing here? Oh, well, um, he, he was just leaving, aren't you, Mr. Jensen, please? No, I do believe I'll stay a while and read these other telegrams of congratulations. Oh, but I'm leaving. I've got a dog to feed. No, you don't, Harry Talbot. You don't have a dog. I'll buy one and then feed it. Miss Revere, oh. what's this telegram thing all about? Uh, well, Professor Elliot, I cannot tell a lie. You can't? No, but I'm going to try. Professor Elliot... You're not going to believe this, but um, you've suddenly become quite famous. Quite, Elliot. According to these telegrams, you are the idol of such chaps as um, Georgie Bernie Shaw. Who? King Gustav of Sweden. Oh. A half dozen college presidents. And Willie Shakespeare. Shakespeare? He's dead and buried. Tell him to move over. I'm going to be joining him. 
Look, Professor... Now, you look, Miss Revere. Haven't you made enough of a... Of a... a... Jerk? Yes. Thanks. Mm. Oh, Maisie, you made enough of a fool of me without using telegrams from stooges to make it any worse. But, Professor, all I wanted to do was... Come in. Professor Elliot, I know I'm not smart like you, oh. but... Uh... Pardon me. My name is Jones. I'm looking for Professor Hillary Elliot. I'm Elliot. Good. I am head of the income tax department. Oh, another stooge. Maisie, tell him the game is over. I don't want to play. Oh, well, look, Doc, I have a confession the to make. The Doc has the confession when he intends to pay the million bucks he owes for last year's income tax. Well, Elliot, this is interesting. A million-dollar tax. Oh, that's silly. I don't owe a million. No. No, I owe two million. Or is it three? Let's not be pikers. Professor, shut up, will you? Visiting days are only once a week. Now, look, Mr. Jones, you can drop your masquerade right now. You'd better come with me, Professor Elliot. J. Edgar Hoover wants to meet you. Go away, funny man, before I lose my temper. Professor, will you listen to me? No! Elliot, for the last time, come along. I wouldn't want to use force. Why not? I'm in the mood for it. Well, you Keep are. Keep away from me, it. Stooge. I'm warning Professor. you. Professor! Oh! Mr. Beard. I couldn't help it. She got in the way. Maisie. Maisie, are you all right? Speak to me. Say something. Elliot, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't lost your temper. I checked on this whole uh, farce this afternoon. Miss Revere was merely trying to rectify the false impression she gave to the tax department. What false impression? Well, Mr. Jones, Professor Elliot neither earned a fortune last year, as you were led to believe, nor is he the pauper our alumni committee thought he was. Gosh. And Maisie was just trying to... Looks like it, Doc. She stuck her chin out for you plenty. Yes. Poor child. Lying there so pale. So still. So beautiful. Maisie. Maisie, open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Speak to me just just once. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never give up my work. I'll turn out all the books you want me to. Well, you put that in writing, Professor, and you've got a deal. <laughs> Just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Here's Maisie. Well, I couldn't blame the professor for being mad. He had a perfect right. Gosh, my chin feels sore. That tax man had a perfect right, too. Well, it was worth it, though. Giving the professor the courage to carry on and help give this world a chance to at least break even with itself. You know, it's a funny thing. Just a few short years ago... All the civilized people in the world were fighting, and the cannibals were at peace. Makes you think a little, don't it? Well, I gotta get back to my room. I got some unfinished worrying to do. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. <laughs> 
Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Gerald Moore, Howard McNear, Peter Leeds, Donald Wood, Junius Matthews, and Sidney Miller. Jack McCoy speaking. Babe, say, how about a look? Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear a Maisie adventure in radio, featuring for this performance that glamorous star of the screen, Audrey Totter. But first, your announcer. Adventures of Maisie with Audrey Totter as Hazel. Hazel Laverne. Laverne ain't my real name, but in show business, who's is? How I got to know Maisie and love her for the swell type person she is is when we were in a burlesque chorus together. I was a punk kid in them days who didn't know my left foot from my right foot, which, thank goodness, in a burlesque chorus ain't no drawback. Gee, Maisie sure was swell to me in those days. Treated me just like a kid's sister and stuff like that there. That's why when I got a call from Maisie's landlady, Mrs. Kennedy, that the poor kid was in some kind of trouble, that I rushed over to her boarding house from the burlesque theater I was working in without bothering to change. Out of my costume. Here you are, miss. That'll be 80 cents you owe me. I'll have to, driver. Have to what? Owe it to you. I don't have any money on me. You don't seem to have much of anything on you, baby. <laughs> Pull you back your eyes, chum, to push the lenses out of your glasses. Uh-huh. I didn't have time to get in the street clothes. My friend Maisie needed me. Maisie? Well, not Maisie Revere. Here, Noah. <laughs> Everybody knows the Florence Nightingale of Myrtle Avenue. Oh, what a girl. When I was sick and couldn't work, she'd drive this here cab for me. Oh, I wondered what had happened to your fenders. Yeah. But about the money driver. <laughs> Forget it. Any friend of Maisie is a friend of mine. In case she needs help, be it either physical or of a pecuniary nature, you can just call on Ladislaus Kramolowski. Oh, well, I'll remember. Mm-hmm. I-, I gotta get to Maisie and see what this is all about. So long, Mr. Uh, <laughs> so long. Yeah, bye, lady. Oh, uh, say, you forget these? Oh, my fans. Yeah. Good thing I use the big ones for today's show. Hey, 
Yes, who did you... <gasps> I'm Hazel Laverne. Oh, <laughs> for a minute I thought I was seeing a blonde ostrich. Well, it's my costume, Mrs. Kennedy. When I got your call, I was in the middle of my number and I just dropped everything. Oh, it's a good thing you remembered to hold on to those fans. <laughs> Come on in, Hazel. If any of those drunks from the corner saloon came by and saw you, Alcoholics Anonymous would get some new members. What's with Maisie, Mrs. Kennedy? She's been in an accident, huh? Maybe heaven forbid. No, Hazel. She just has laryngitis. Laryngitis? Uh, gosh, that sounds like something very expensive. Yes. If I hadn't called a doctor, it would have just been a cold. But for five bucks, a doctor has to call it something classy. Maisie will be all right in a week, honey. Now, don't you worry. Oh, then she's in no trouble. Only of losing her job if she don't show up today. And that's why I sent for you, Hazel. Sure, sure. You want me to go to her boss and explain? No, no. You see, her boss is a man. Oh, well, that makes it easy. <laughs> I can be awful convincing with a man. Uh, so I hear. But um, he's an inventor. Invented a house of the future. You know one of those uh, modern affairs where everything is hidden? <laughs> oh, Sure. I think. Well, Maisie was hired as a demonstrator, and if she don't show up, she'll lose the job. Maisie, she don't know I sent for you, Hazel, but I thought, well, maybe you could take over as demonstrator of that house of the future until she gets her voice back. Well... All at a girl, Hazel. Now, the sample house ain't far from here. It's out Long Island somewhere, and I can get Merton to bring you to the place. Merton? What's that? A C&I dog? Oh, no. One of my boarders. He's got a car of a sort, and Merton had give his right arm for Macy. Well, what do you say, Hazel? <laughs> Just call me Lefty, Mrs. K. Just call me Lefty. I'm just dying to see this house the future, Merton. It must be a dream. Yeah. Maisie tells me it's got everything, Hazel. I'm just wondering, do you think this Professor Tucker will let me take over for Maisie? He sure will, Hazel. You've got everything, too. Never mind, Mert. Keep your eyes on the curves in the road, not mine. I'm just a little too old for you, Sonny. I know. But you like to listen to the whistle of the train, even if you know you ain't going anyplace. Hmm. Now, you tell me more about the professor's house, Mert. It was just put up temporarily for display purposes, I understand. Yeah, and it's out of this world. Mm, I hope it ain't too far out. I gotta get back to Brooklyn nights. I mean, it's got all kinds of buttons that you push when you want stuff. You press a button and all the furniture disappears. Mm, I knew a finance company who did that without a button. And it also has a machine that washes and dries dishes, a machine that washes and irons the laundry, and a gadget that cooks and serves all your meals. Gee, if a man had all that, what would he want with a wife? Are you kidding? Uh, Mert, don't look now, but either your jalopy needs gas or it wants to be burped. Yeah, it needs gas, all right. Gosh, I can't understand it. I put in a gallon just last week. Oh, there's Al's gas station just ahead. I always get my gas from Al. He's different than the other gas stations. Different? Yeah. Al, trust me. Oh. Uh, Mert, you better get some breaks for this jalopy or an anchor. Oh, hello, folks. Oh, hello, Mert. What's cooking? The radiator. We need some water. No, uh, Al, this is Hazel Laverne. Uh, fill her up. Sure, sure. Mm, not me. The tank. Uh, oh, sure, sure. My mind's not on what I'm doing lately. Still got that gal on your mind, Al? The one you met when you went on your vacation? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, she's beautiful. I ever show you her picture, Mert? 
A million times. Look, Al, we're in too much of a hurry for family albums. I don't want to be late for that job of Maisie's. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Laverne. Gosh, Hazel, Al sure got it bad. Since he met that Edna, he can't even think straight. Must be terrible to be in love and not be able to marry the girl. Well, why won't this Edna marry him? I'm sure that underneath all that grease, Al has a face. Oh, but Miss Hazel, that isn't what's standing in my way. You see, Edna went to finishing schools, Vassar, and never did a day's work in her life. So what? Nobody's perfect. Well, I lied to Edna and her mother when I was up there this summer. Pretended I was rich with a big mansion here on Long Island. Yeah, and he really lives in a room at the racetrack over the stables. Well, Al, your home may not be impressive, but it has a certain air about it. Oh, you said it. You said it. Now, Edna and her mother are coming east. They're arriving today. Yeah, and then they'll find out you really belong to the horsey set. Yeah. Uh, don't look now, Al, but the tank's overflowing. Oh, that's nice. Here, I'll wipe your windshield. I ain't got any windshield. Oh, pretty dirty, ain't it? Al, go! Hey, you're wiping off Merton's glasses. Is it, Hazel? The house of the future. Mm, what kind of architecture is that anyway? Looks like early American screwball. <laughs> Professor Tucker dreamed it up all by himself. No doors, no windows. Everything works with buttons. Mm, that prop should have saved some for himself. I don't think he has all his buttons. You ain't kidding. Oh, uh, I think this is the doorbell. Good, good afternoon, folks. Do come in, won't you? Better open the door, Professor. That peephole is a little too narrow for both of us. Oh, yes. <laughs> the door. <laughs> now, uh, what button do I press to open that again? Oh, yes, this must be it. Oh, sorry. Wrong button. <laughs> Here, this must be it. Yeah. See, Hazel, it works. After a while. Come on in. Hmm, it's your great little gadget, that. I hate to think of all the empty years I struggled along with a silly old doorknob. Well, come, 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 enter. I'm Professor Tucker. Uh, Professor, this is Hazel Laverne. Maisie can't come today. Maisie? Yeah, laryngitis. Maisie laryngitis? Do I know a Maisie laryngitis? <laughs> no, no, Maisie Revere. The girl you hired as demonstrator. She has a cold. A cold what? Oh, brother. Oh, too bad. How did her brother catch this cold? No, Professor. Maisie's in bed. Yeah, and I'd like to take her place. In bed? No. As demonstrator. You need one, don't you? Oh, oh, a very good idea. Yes. <laughs> I really should hire someone to show my house off. I'm very busy, you know. Always on the move. First I'm off in one direction, then I'm off in another. <laughs> yeah, Professor, you sure must be off. Exactly. Yes. Now, uh, let me show you around, uh, Miss... Uh, Miss, and I shall demonstrate how everything functions. Now, let's see. Where, oh, where are my glasses? They're on your forehead. My forehead? Just put your hand on your nose and travel north. You can't miss it. Oh, never mind, never mind. I have another pair at home. Now, everything in this house is controlled by secret springs hidden on the inside wall. Right here, um, somewhere. Just press the hidden spring and the door disappears. You must lose more doors that way. Oh, that's a Jim Dandy one. <laughs> Jim Dandy. Now, let me see. Where did I put the button that closes the outside door? Search me. Oh, that's silly. It couldn't possibly be on you. Well, no matter. It's bound to pop up somewhere sooner or later. Gosh, this sure is an amazing joint, Hazel. 
There's not a stick of furniture anywhere. Yeah, nothing but blank walls. Hey, maybe this is the garage. Oh, ho, ho, hardly, Mr. Ennis. Uh, this is the, uh, the, uh, uh, now don't tell me, don't. This is, um, the living room, I think. Mm, it's nice and cozy for people who just hate to sit down. I know, I just know you're wondering where the furniture is. <laughs> you're probably wondering yourself. Oh, hardly, my dear. <laughs> The furniture is all inside the walls. Gee, that's great, especially if you're a termite. Now, uh, I will demonstrate, Miss, um, Miss, so that uh, you can show potential buyers when they come around, you see. Now, I'll just press this button on the wall, and out will come a chair. This I gotta see. Yes, me too. There. <laughs> well, I guess I was wrong. This is the bathroom. Yeah, I guess that by the bathtub. I never saw a bathtub like that. It has no faucets on it. Very discerning of you young men. Very. <laughs> you see, there's a reason for not having any faucets. That's for people who don't like to take baths. No, no. The reason I left off the faucets was so people wouldn't hurt themselves if they happened to slip while taking a bath. Say, that's great. Uh, but, Professor, if it has no faucets, how do you get water into the tub? Hmm. A very good question. A very good one indeed. Now, if you'd like to see the rest of the house... No, thanks, uh, and I'm very grateful for showing me where everything is. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Well, I must be running along. Thanks for showing me around, miss. It's been very interesting. Very. Something like the sort of house I've been working on. Goodbye, and do let me come again, won't you? Well, there goes the professor, Hazel. I guess working on the plans for this house all his life sort of got him. I think he's off his trolley. He ain't even near the track. Oh, gosh, Bert, I'm exhausted. Maybe we could find which one of the buttons that brings the furniture out. Yeah, well, I'll try, Hazel. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. My mother told me to press this one. Hey, that did it, Hazel. Here's the furniture. Yeah, your mother knows more about this place than the professor. Oh, hiya, Hazel, Mert. Al, what are you doing here? Not interested in buying a house, are you, Al? This joint has everything. If you can find it. Oh, I couldn't afford a snazzy place like this. I, I just dropped in again on my way to pick up Edna and her mother at the station. Oh, have you been here before, Al? Every chance I get. I keep dreaming that someday I'll be able to own a place like this. For me and for my Edna. Yeah, you could come home from work, whistle for the dog, and the icebox would come out. Oh, Hazel, you can laugh all you want. But if I had a place like this to show Edna's mother, she'd really think I was rich. Uh, too bad it ain't possible, Al. And, uh, well, you'd only need it for a couple of hours, wouldn't he, Hazel? Now, wait a minute. I'm trying to hold this job for Maisie, not lose it. Sure. Why sacrifice a job that could last for days just so a poor gas station jerk could be made happy for the rest of his life? Okay, Al, okay, you win. You'll do it? Hazel, what happened? I thought you had a strong will. I have. But I also have a weak won't. Ah, oh, gosh, no, no, it, it's it's no use. But you gotta, Al. Gee, Maisie will never forgive me if you don't. Yeah, but 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 you 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 don't understand. You wouldn't want Edna to marry somebody else and have your kids have a stranger for a father. Oh, but it's no good, I tell you. I got the house, but no ritzy family like I told Edna and her mother I had. Oh yes, you have, Albert Old Bean. Really, you have. Don't you recognize your own lousy with culture, sister? Hazel. Hazel, you mean you'd play her? But but could you take off for a society woman? Why not, old thing? Taking off is one thing I've had lots of experience at. 
Adventures of Maisie, featuring for this performance the glamorous Audrey Totter, will continue in just a moment. I look like real honest to goodness society now, hmm? Not a bad looking hostess gown I whipped up from odds and ends. Uh, yeah, it sure is odd where it ends. Mm, don't you worry about me, Sonny. Just make sure you don't make any folks' passes. Remember, you're supposed to be a very ultra butler. Yeah. Too bad I couldn't sew, too. Fine looking butler I'm gonna make. Slacks and a plaid sports jacket. Oh, well, I'll just tell her. I guess that you used to be a butler in Hollywood, eh? That must be Al the guest now. Jeeves, answer the door. Uh, wee wee, senorita, at once. Uh, hey, it, it's closed. Al must have done it when he left. Well, open it. You know how. Yeah, but I don't know what. I forgot which button to push. Well, come on, push something. Here, here, here. this looks like it might be the one. Oh, what do you know, Jeeves? Uh, what, madame? We got a piano, too. Do you play, Jeeves? Uh, no, madame. Well... We won't be needing that tonight. Uh, may I have the next one, madame? Do, Jeeves, by all means. Your guess is as good as mine. Let's see what happens with this one. Would madame care for her bath now? Oh, that tub again. Hold your horses. I mean, uh, do have patience out there. We're playing a game of button, button. Oh, that did it. Hello, sis. Gosh, I thought you'd never open the door. No, you and me both, dear, dear brother. This is your Edna, isn't it, Elf? Oh, no. I'm her mother. <laughs> uh, but we're often taken for sisters, you know. <laughs> oh, then you won't mind being taken again. Uh, for sisters, I mean. Uh, Hazel, Hazel, this, this is Edna. Uh, how do you do, Hazel? You don't mind me calling you Hazel, do you? Uh, not at all, my dear. I'm used to being called all sorts of things. Of course, Hazel is my favorite. Uh, well, Edna, Mrs. Page, how do you like my, I mean, our, uh, I mean, this place? Oh, it's beautiful. And so, uh, so different. Yeah, it's the latest thing. Hazel, where do you find such furniture? Oh, we just keep at it, and sooner or later, something turns up. But you dear, dear folks must make yourselves comfortable. Well, we can't stay long. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Uh, Hazel means it's nice of you to spend the time between trains with us. Yes, I mean, quite. <laughs> Jeeves? Jeeves? Uh, yes, madame. You called, madame? Yes. Uh, take the ladies' wraps and hang them in the closet. In the, uh, closet? Certainly you know where the closet is, Jeeves. Uh, not by heart, madame, but I'll have a go at it. Uh, wish me luck, madame. Mm, very new, isn't it? Oh, yes, but quite capable. Work for some of our finest families. Does he always wear slacks, a sport coat, and a sweatshirt? Oh, no. Yeah, just when we're having company. Most of the time, he just slops around. <laughs> um, I'm sure you two young people would like to be alone and uh, chat. Hmm? Why don't you show your fiancé the rest of the, the, the house? Oh, sure, sir, sure. Uh, it, uh, 
Where do we start? Uh, just press any button and see what happens. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, you must see the library, uh, Edna. Come this way, I think. i uh, see you later, Mother. Mm-hmm. Hazel. Charming couple, don't you think, Mrs. Page? She's so pretty and he's so filthy rich. <gasps> yes, yes, a wonderful match. Yeah. Um, Hazel, I don't want to rush you, but we are here only between trains. Oh, and we... yeah, yeah, yeah. What you want to put on the feed bag. Uh-huh. I mean, have some chow. Uh-huh. I'll get Jeeves started on serving directly. Jeeves? Uh, Jeeves? Uh, yes, madame? Come out. Come out, wherever you are. I'm here in the closet. Well, how about dinner? That's a great idea. I'm starving. Nah, I mean for the guests. Come on out and serve. I can. I don't know how to get out. Well, well, where's the closet? I ain't sure. Press one of them buttons. Oh, fine. Here we go again. Let's see, I must be at their house in the future, Joe. Uh, Park the truck here. Let's go to work. Say, uh, the, this here sure is a funny-looking house. Uh, what are we supposed to do again, huh? I told you five times, you meathead. What? We're supposed to remove off the bathroom in the library. Yeah. And stick them on that other house in the future the professor's putting on display in the next town. But the professor says the door at midnight. It's only 7.30. So What? There ain't anybody in this joint, and the sooner we get finished, the more time we'll have to get drunk. Yeah. Say, you sure think of everything. Well, Mrs. Page, Jeeves finally found his way out of the closet, clumsy lad that he is, and dinner will be ready pronto. Oh, fine, fine. I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. Oh, I wish I'd known. I prepared a turkey. Jeeves is in the kitchen carving it now. Hmm. I'm afraid it's a rather tough bird. Why, it sounds like... There goes the wing now, I think. Uh, pardon me, Mrs. Page. I must see what's keeping G's. Oh, I'm glad you came in, Hazel. Guess what? What? The bathroom's gone. Merton, have you been drinking the furniture polish? Nope. The bathroom ain't here. It's disappeared. Well, maybe you pushed the wrong button and it wound up in the library. Hey, let's get a hold of Al out there. He's a mechanic. Maybe he can find it or something. Uh, here's the button for the library door, Hazel. Hey, Hazel, what's a tree doing growing in the library? That ain't the library. It's the backyard. Somebody swiped the library, too. Hey, come on. I got to call the cops. Gosh, I heard of them breaking into houses, but I never heard of them breaking them off. Hello, 12th Precinct, Sergeant O'Toole speaking. Hello, Sergeant. I'd like to report a couple of stolen articles. Yeah, what? Give me a description. Well, well, one of the stolen articles is a library. Yeah, and when did you notice it? A library? Yeah, and one of our bathrooms is missing. What? Somebody going around with a hot bathroom? Are you kidding me? No, and there are two people in it. In the bathroom? No, in the library. But at least they got something to read. I'll check on it. You better be prepared to take a sobriety test. I can't understand it, Hazel. 
Why don't Edna and Albert come out of that library and join us? Oh, they're, they're young, Mrs. Page. They probably really like it in there. They're sort of attached to that library. Yeah, where it goes, they go. But they haven't eaten, and we must catch a train. First, we got to catch the library. <sighs> There's something strange going on here. I'm going into that library and speak to those children. No, 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 no don't. You can't. You, you, you don't know where it is. Does anybody? Oh, come now. I can certainly find my way to the library. Not without a road map, you can't. Hmm, that's the front door. Maybe. Yeah, I'll get it, Hayes. Uh, I mean, madame. This is the house that reported a robbery? <gasps> a robbery? Oh, my goodness. Why, what was stolen? A couple of rooms and some people. Oh. My Edna, she was kidnapped with Albert. Oh, we found the oh. library, madam. And the girl, she's out there oh. with Al Johnson, the gas station attendant. Oh, gas station attendant? But I thought he was rich and... Why, he's a phony. Mother, don't you dare talk that way about my husband. Husband? Oh, my goodness, my daughter married to a petrol merchant. Oh, but I'll make her happy, oh. Mrs. Page. And I oh. want to thank you for all you've done, Miss Laverne. Oh, I... I've never been so humiliated in all my life. Uh, uh... Oh, our mother, she's fainted. Oh, quick, Mert, get a glass of water. Yeah, but what button do I push? Who knows? Try anyone. Okay. Uh, let's see what happens with this one. Well, I'll be. Uh, the furniture went right back into the wall. Yeah, and your mother was in one of the chairs. Hey, quick, you two. Get get started for Niagara Falls or Mama ain't in no position to stop you. Yeah, I'll give you a motorcycle escort to the station. Oh, that's very kind of you, officer. Uh, the pleasure's all mine, miss. It ain't often I get a chance to use my siren. Come on, get going now, kids. I'm sure Mama will relent after she comes through and maybe even buy you this house for a wedding present. Yeah, and you and Edna can live in it happily ever after. Uh, Hazel, we can't get out. The door, it's stuck. Stuck? Oh, fine. Now I guess we'll all have to live here happily ever after. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Here's Hazel Laverne. Hello, Maisie. Hazel. No, no, no. Don't talk, honey. You want to save your voice to scream later when I tell you what happened. How about your job? Well, the job is still there, but the house is gone. It, you see, Maisie, it seems I played Cupid, and when the girl's mother came to, she was so mad she could have hit the ceiling. <laughs> Only that had been removed, too. Uh, maybe I stuck my neck out, Maisie. I mean yours, but... You see, these two kids were in love, and, and I know you would have done what I did, wouldn't you? Yeah, I thought so. Are you feeling better already, huh? What? Right now you're looking out the window? Oh, say, Maisie, do me a favor, will you? If you see a bathroom go by, send it back home. <laughs> yeah. Bye, honey. Get better real fast. <laughs> Thank you. 
have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, featuring our guest star, Audrey Totter. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Peter Leeds, Isabel Randolph, Barney Phillips, Harry Bartell, B. Benaderet, Sammy Hill, Ed Max, Tommy Bernard, and Will Wright. Jack McCoy speaking. This week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. Thank you for listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. We invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama. Or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.